to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Welcome, listeners, to the Big Red Couch. This evening, Ben, going by pronouns he and him, speaking to you from Auckland, and joining me as my fearless co-host on the other side of the world is... Craig, um, pronouns also he and him, speaking to you from Aylesbury, England. I don't really, I was kind of hoping that something would flow from there, but um, it really didn't. However, I would like to point out that we now have like green stuff happening on trees here. So the long winter is less upon us. How is it a disc, winter of discontent or are you not that close to Bath? Um... Not 100% sure where Bath is, to be honest, but, um, I mean, other than England, that, that much I know. Yeah, I figured that bit out for myself. Uh, it wasn't super discontenty, but it was kind of a bit grey and quite cold, and while it tried to snow, we didn't get into sort of any of the sort of the pretty snow lying on the ground, and it was all picturesque and stuff. So, at COVID lock, well, COVID restrictions still very much a thing, so... More of a sort of a winter of, I don't know, vaguely annoyed grumbling. Winter of it's a bit crap, in it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, winter of, uh, this is a bit shit. Hmm, fair enough. The, 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 the hot cross buns are um, in, in full full evidence in Aylesbury. Uh, there was even, as near as I could tell, a church in a narrow boat on the canal trying to lure people in with free hot cross buns. That's vaguely sinister. But also incredibly English. Oh, dangerously. Yeah. That is definitely a reading of 3.4 on the Englishness meter. It's, yeah, it's right up there with sort of, oh yes, you can find them just down Teapot Lane next to the crinoline factory kind of level of things. Yes. But uh, yes, it is, it is a relatively pleasant Easter Saturday morning here in, in England, having mentioned baked goods. In what I am going to transparently claim is is a cunning lead-in. What Ooh. is the topic of today's episode, Ben? Well, in fact, it happens to be selected by our audience: pastry foo, crouching crawler, hidden donut. Presented to us by the uh, apparently hungry at that time uh, mind of John Rear, and it has had several valiant attempts to scale the uh, the naked popularity uh, contest that our listener polls so but it has made it to the top this time and defeated all foes so well done and it defeated them conclusively it was it was a it was five votes to one against when i die i'm leaving you my feet that was definitely the uh the the home favorite i don't want to mm. say shoe in but you know oh nice uh, nice yeah yeah that was uh Seemed more our speed, but no, we are going to go with the pastry-based pun of a, a early aughts movie. So here we go. We have come up with ideas referencing directly. This is an Ang Lee piece. This one, I believe so. Yes, yes, and somehow f- sort of focusing it through the lens of baked goods, which is yeah. I mean, we've done weirder things, to be honest. That's fair. I, I did try to find a crawler to try while I was in in London. But um, I could not. It's possible that they'd just run out, but it's possible that Dunkin' Donuts in Baker Street really are letting the side down a bit. A nominative determinism be damned. Hmm. On, on at least two different um, different things. There's like the, 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 the baking aspect of it, and there's also donuts, coffee and donuts, police work, Baker Street, Sherlock Holmes. I mean, it's a fairly long um, bow to yeah, draw. A... But again, I don't know. It could be that it's just because this is England, nobody wanted to uh, sell a French cruller. That's that's a possibility. Yes. Can't rule it out. I, I don't. I think I might have had. Uh, I've certainly had like the American style donuts with the twists in them. But from descriptions I've seen, they're more eggy uh, and crunchy than the uh, the varieties that. Uh, of donuts that we're used to. New Zealand is, is just a, a zone of desolation and blasphemy. Our donuts aren't <coughs> even circular. They're basically little 
like long rolls with with you know a slice in the middle and and cream deposited in them oh those oh my god yes the long donut and i think the one of our religious instruction teachers that are probably very liberal and not very conservative primary school claimed to have invented the long donut and these aren't long that these aren't even long donuts as i've i've heard them described as like a is a, a, from from it's just basically like a slug of dough fried and then sort of you know made slightly less healthy by the application of, of um whipped cream and a bit of jam they are delicious yeah, it's effectively if, if you knew how to make it the sort of bun that you would or bread product that you would put a hot dog in mm, mm. um it's it's that kind of thing but with pastry dough and a lot more sugar somehow yes we you know the the other things around are around but often they get they're referred to as you know round donuts <laughs> this one's like huh. Huh. oh yes oh, the, well. the the sugar sugar and cinnamon coated cooked to within an inch of its life more traditional sort of i'll throw in a life preserver to save you my friend shaped donuts that you'll get from from fish and chip shops that have been cooked in the same oil as the chips and the fish so they have oh, they have a unique yes. flavor <laughs> oh yes and and then uh, of course the uh the ones that are actually done at bakeries have been have been have been fr- i think they've been fried but also they're kind of dumpling-esque they 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 generally just they've expanded to the point where the do- the hole's closed up again so mm. yes we've got a we got a variety of um sins against humanity yes yes there, there, there are there are many many approaches that we've taken so um yeah, New Zealand was isolated for a while, and you know, I don't think it's ever going to recover, to some degree. So, but recovering from this this bizarre segue into um, Antipodean food horror, and um, have you come up with a suggestion for our the delight and uh, delectation of the audience? Me being me, I came up with several, but that was mostly because I was trying to come up with something I thought would actually work as a game. I do have an idea exaggerated sigh <laughs> hey it's my thing it's my shtick it's how i roll it's how i do it's how i be fair enough i guess i have also well i came up with a, a sort of like a set of mechanics for a game but it really needs more of a role-playing aspect wrapped around it which is weird because i normally do the other way around i abandon so sort of like go hey we could do this and as long as the 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 you know the mystery box spits out, you know, the right things. I think this would be a really interesting game. I kind of came up with the mystery box first for some reason. Okay. Shall I? Shall I lay out my, um, no doubt, contentious and um, objectionable idea? Lay it on us. Lay it on us. Let's 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 amp up the controversy. Indeed, indeed, that is what we are here for. Oh yeah. I very lightly skimmed and, and reviewed my own recollections of the film, which I, I recall I enjoyed quite a lot. It had cool, woozier wire work and, and had a dramatic, though quite... It seemed like a very traditional tale, not just in, in, in the, the, from the land of its origin, but kind of like a, oh, something must happen because of these things, and oh no, this terrible fate has occurred, and it had a certain kind of inevitability to it all of the it, it wasn't sort of like a, a, a close examination of someone's character it was more of the, this these broad strokes and people acting in a dramatic way sort of an operatic kind of thing which is cool and also that the uh, the, re- the reference to the crouching tiger and dragon is this this assertion that you know if you could see someone who's clearly good at the thing one should assume that there is somebody biding their time just out of sight or you know or uh, standing right there but you have noticed that who is even better so the the idea that you know you can't you can't just sort of like lock eyes with a person who is is who's doing the showing off right now you've got to be mindful there's generally someone better and it's like you know there's always bigger fish in the sea there's a long burr there's a helicopter isn't it Kind of sounded like one. Give me a sec. 
haven't had any aircraft problems for a while. This is almost nostalgic. But what I was thinking is, like, Aunt Gia, didn't you move so that you were no longer in the flight I path have, of... We are. The, the, the timing is a bit different. Also, I mean, I at one point at the... Um, at the end of last year, I looked out of the um, the kitchen window, which faces off to the west, and th- and and so I go, oh man, those people are going shit house with their Christmas decorations. Until so I realised it was some cargo plane um, lifting up from Fnuapai and just kind of just cresting, facing directly towards us over the uh, the houses in the on the ridge across. So I was like, oh right, right, okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> But for our Christmas decorations, we've decided to have, you know, the uh, landing floods. aircraft. (laughs) Yeah. It's an approach. A C-130 Hercules. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. We're not a a Militech uh, podcast by any means. Anywho. One of the other things is, you know, one of the other aspects of the of the aphorism is that it's like basically still waters run deep. There's, you know, there's some, you know, something might be going on that you aren't aware of. I decided to take those in a pretty direct line. A brief sort of nostalgic pause to think about um, Stephen Chow's amazing film God of Cookery. If just to reminisce on the the really odd segment with the um, twelve brass. 12 or 13 brass monks in the Shaolin folding stool style combat where basically a bunch of gold painted monks waylay you and beat you the shit out of you with folding stools <laughs> it's a very simple style it, it's effective it seems to be quite effective though it is demonstrated to be you know, robust and, 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 and kind of practical Anyhow, and, and just sort of thinking vaguely about something like that I sort of I came around back to fundamentally cooking competition shows and uh, my lovely spouse is a big fan of masterchef australia and i hate it it is the most nerve-wracking piece of television i have ever seen something about my own personal discomfort with you know complex multi-faceted things to do with cooking it's not really a space i feel comfortable and the fucking theme music is always at 900%. You think that the people who, who, who get eliminated are taken out back and garroted based on the intensity of the music. And it's just so overwrought. But still, I thought I'll channel that into a into, into a thing. So the idea is, yes, it's the um, Welcome to the Thunder Donut. Mm. Or a competition basically... To, to find the best con, you know, like pastry confectioners and uh, attempt to kind of like like do one of these dramatic presentations. And my, my uh, what I anticipate is that you would you would create a character backstory in someone's sort of approach, giving them a, an identity and sort of thing where you would play out these these rounds of competition to keep the the game. To keep the to keep the game running in like a in a, in a fluid and quick fashion, I came up with a, a basically a card game, a simple fifty two deck, no jokers, where you're essentially attempting to assemble sets out of the um, out of the various suits of cards, and each of those is basically your your uh, your how well you've you've met the goals of the. Um, of the round that of the the round the round of competition that you're in, and to very sim- to very simply break to break down simply is you get to pick up cards, put them down, attempt to make sets within the, the suits, but every time that um, you put it you 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 swap a card, you return a card, or, or you you get rid of a card, it goes into the middle, which is where the mystery baker's hand is. Cards are, are mostly face up, and every time a round occurs, the mystery baker turns over a card, and at the point that they have a card from each suit face up, the next time the round ends, this is over, and the idea is to um, pick up pairs or pick up cards and have n- number cards 
which which demonstrate the amount of flair you've displayed, but no more. But you want the cards to be add up to no more than ten. And the face cards represent your sort of your your expertise. And basically, the idea is to have something that can be over in four rounds. And if somebody has has decided to, it, 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 people have the option to go. Oh, I if I get rid of this card, the game finishes very suddenly. So it's a very it's a very quick thing. It's not it's not going to be a protracted thing. So it's more of a it's more of a drama generator than a. You could probably get some nuance and skill, and it'll take a bit of time to sort of figure out some of the um, the ways to make it more interesting. But and the idea would be that you're going through these things, and these and the results, of the rounds would be more to sort of generate, yeah, you know, your normal where, where your dice normally come in, where you normally have something to say about right, we succeeded doing this, we failed doing this, and drive the story from there. On top of that, what I need to do is set something about what each of the, the, the suits of the deck of cards represents. So I've got some vague ideas that, you know, things like heart can mean healthy, you know, the, you know, the, the nutritional aspect, diamonds can represent uh, the aesthetic aspect and so forth. And you may have different goals for different rounds. And the idea is that if you are, if the players are trying too hard to get perfect scores, the more cards that they they process means that the mystery baker gets more things to work with and they score in a slightly different way because they have well the game may not be rigged but they definitely have a have a home field advantage in this in this situation so on top of that we'll build uh, the idea would be to build backstory and things to interact with the you know the, the crowd the the, you know, the crowd at home something to do with the judges and have that play out as a as a a relatively fast-paced, fairly focused storytelling game about this competition. Yeah, and it—that is my attempt to do justice to the the, the what is inspired by the idea. Um, and I accidentally got into writing like the procedural if-then rules for a card game in the middle of that. So yeah, that was something I haven't wound up doing for a while. Hmm. It. Weirdly puts me in mind of something from Castle Falkenstein. Mm-hmm. Because uh, Castle Falkenstein had... It well, they had used cards. Yeah, <laughs> they used cards, but they also had a, a card game dueling mechanic. Mm. It, it seems like the the card mechanic, the, 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 the actual competition mechanic you've come up with could match up with that quite nicely. As because you know, it sounds like it would be reasonably quick to run, which is always always good for a mechanic. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you're wrapping it, I mean, it's been over a decade since I have watched any of um, Australian MasterChef, but I did I did get right into the first season of it because I was in Australia at the time and um, did not have subscription television, so that's just a thing. It's still going somehow. I, they, they should have cooked everything by now. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> in the fir- I I kind of lost interest in the second season because they started doing the that the sort of thing that seems to be quite popular with that kind of reality TV, where they just draw everything out and try to make it as incredibly um, momentous and and suspenseful mm. as possible. But what they're actually doing is just leaving really long pauses in their sentences. Whereas for that first season, it was just a, okay, here's what the judges say. Brilliant. Now we move on. It is a specific school of creating tension through editing, partially. I mean, they don't give you all Mm. the information and the order things occurred or you... And also, you know, yes, making everything seem more desperate and and, um, perilous than it is. And I would probably play to that, but in a a slightly uh, safer venue that I, at least for me, of a role-playing game. <laughs> Rather than a kitchen. Yeah, makes sense. It, yeah, it does seem like you, well, I'm assuming given that we're, we're thinking of this as an RPG, you're not going to have the, okay, you need to put your chef coat on the meat hook and leave the island, or I kind of lost the plot a bit in the middle of that, but you get the idea. I'm assuming people don't get voted off the show in this one because that would be less fun. 
No, it would it would be relatively compact in and of itself. If there was some sort of expulsion mechanic, there would be something for the person to do anyway. We'd, we'd come up with something there. But yeah, I think it would be it wouldn't be more than three or four rounds of this sort of thing. But the idea would be to build up the. the I guess the the important part would be to find ways to jumpstart the character creation, possibly using sort of more random things as well. So you just come you come up with um you know if this is a your character has maybe these these sort of special features but it's all very concrete and just you're trying to play to a um to a particular uh persona Mm. so it's almost an rpg pickup game yeah it would be i mean you get more out of it i mean you could sit there and just grimly play the um the card mechanic part but you know you can do that with any any game it would be less contingent on how effective and seamless the the, the little mechanism of the the um, the cards part is, and actually framing it in a way that people can easily get into. Right, I'm the I'm the persona of somebody who's uh, like a you know I'm a doughty farmer and I've got my my specific ideas about how this should be done and this is like or I'm you know somebody that from the school of haute cuisine or this I'm I'm some sort of radical microgastronomy what's that what's that called molecular gastronomy yes yes the the yes some sort of yeah some sort of food wizard so yeah so there'd be different sorts of approaches and it would also lean into the uh thing so yeah it would possibly loosely be a card game but also with these sorts of things wrapped around it so maybe yeah, it is a it's more of a hybrid but the idea of giving people opportunities to do all sorts of wacky pronouncements and so forth during the course of the game would be the role-playing aspect. Hmm. I think I see it, yeah. I'm trying desperately not to turn it in my mind into a thing where you're just blatantly ripping off various celebrity chefs. It's like, my special power is being wildly abusive to everybody around me. That kind of thing. I think this would be better with i mean you could work that in as something like one of the the, the a judging style or sort of like a a guest a guest presenter or something but i think the um one of the, one of the redeeming features of uh, MasterChef australia is that everyone all the contestants are relentlessly positive and upbeat and they all seem to help one another and they're all quite supportive and that, but you know, also you know, but they've all got their own sort of dream of doing various things. So they are all hideously jaded professionals at this point. So that would be some, something nice to capture, or at least respect, coming mm. from the a show which otherwise I find deeply triggering. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't have a lot to add, unfortunately. It's, it's, unfortunately, yes, at this point, is there philosophically, it's not wouldn't be a deep game. It would be, you're playing a very transient character attempting to do a specific thing. Here are the rules. Quick game of donuts and crullers. Yes, indeed. So you know, no, that's that's valid. And yeah, I if I figure out some rules, I might put them up. I suspect they've got to have some terrifying flaw in them that means that the uh, the card game is actually some sort of dreadful fractal trap or otherwise easily uh, easily broken, but. Never stopped this before. Indeed, indeed. So, what multiple ideas did you come up with? To, to be fair, I have broken slightly from my traditional I have multiple ideas and gone with I went through a few things trying to come up with something that I thought could work. Mm-hmm. Just to, to slightly uh, sort of regain some, some composure on this one. Uh, but yes, I went with very much the same approach you did of, okay, let's read a synopsis of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, because it's been like 20 years since I saw that film. And I remember that there was martial arts stuff in it, but I could have got that from the poster. Indeed, but some very, and very nice scenery and some cool costumes. That is true. Yes, I, I sort of started out thinking of, okay, so you could have like rival schools of pastry making, jealously guarding secrets and... Just sort of like kung fu dojos but with a deep fryer but i couldn't really see where to go with that and then i having having looked into what the hell a cruller was and saw this whole thing of okay so what gets called a cruller 
is very different depending on where you are. The sort of the, the fluted ring donut thing is is possibly or probably a French cruller, but then there are these these other things that are made with sort of taking a rectangle of the, of dough and cutting a slit in the middle of it and kind of folding it back and in on itself so it ends up as sort of this thing with twisty sides and they use a different sort of dough so it produces a different sort of donut. And that kind of got me thinking of the the sort of story, the sort of thing that comes up I, in in the occasional detective story where some a you know, the fact that a person hasn't been honest about where they're from or um, or what they're yeah you know, what they're about is shown by these sort of very small tells like uh, you know, the way they make it the, the way the way they make a particular donut shows that no in fact you did not learn to make donuts from a Krispy Kreme you learned to make donuts somewhere in Denmark this kind of thing so started trying to come up with a game based on sort of based on the idea of you know, a, a market because at the time of, of thinking about this, I was in in London and spent some time wandering around these these various somewhat traditional markets where you've got stalls stalls that are sort of semi permanent uh, inside a a designated space, but you can sort of see that being the kind of the kind of place where somebody could could be a transient for a very long time without necessarily being noticed. And so I sort of had this, had the idea of okay, so a murder or a, a series of weird events occurs, and everybody there has something to hide. And I basically tried to come up with some mechanic where sort of each player knows a bit of the the the, the tell to the secret of one of the other ones, but I couldn't really figure out how to do it in a way that would make it fun. Uh, or enjoyable to play. It seemed like it would it would be the sort of thing where you were, were playing the game for a while and then you run to the mechanic and it just kills the momentum dead. So I, I had to sort of throw that one away as well. What I ended up with was sort of again looping back to this idea of of um, sort of things hidden under the surface and and you know, the the idea of of somebody who is a a master at what they do, but isn't advertising it. And remembering the, the I guess, classic for the time Dungeons & Dragons trope for dealing with players who just cause chaos wherever they go, of, oh yeah, the, the innkeeper is a retired 20th level adventurer. And so they go and get their armor and they beat the mortal shit out of you. Uh, it's, it's very much the sort of using an in-game thing to solve an out-of-game problem, but that was the style of the time, and one could argue still is the style of the time. And so I was sort of thinking about that and thinking, well, specifically with with Dungeons & Dragons, because that is the, the, the granddaddy of the game uh, gaming world, at the point at which you've got somebody who is a, a 20th level fighter or, or whatever, yeah, the whole, the whole shtick of... An adventuring party who have all retired in an area. I think by that stage, those characters should be fantastically wealthy. Like they could cripple the local economy out of petty cash. They should be running baronies, if not kingdoms, and and be archmages. Mm. Like these are these are the really big movers and shakers of the world. Why the hell is one of them running? A tavern, like owning a tavern, okay, sure. Realistically, they probably own the entire town. Why are they serving beer? Because I know a bunch of people who work or have worked in hospitality, and absolutely none of them have ever told me how awesome it is. It, it might be the dream for some people. I mean, didn't Keith Flint retire to running a small pub in England somewhere? Could be. Uh, yeah, maybe. It, it seems unlikely, mm. just based on conversations with people who have actually worked hospitality. It's like, yeah, none of them really, really told me how, how awesome it was and how they really enjoy dealing with customers. Um, to be fair, how many of them... And I was one of the customers? Yeah, to be fair, how many of them owned the establishments? That's fair. Mm. No, yeah. This is maybe a different set of... Um, being part of the community and having any sort of uh, say in what goes on that uh, might be... Uh, 
might be contingent on that. But okay, fair enough to address the idea of this weird anti murder tourist party track. You came up, so so you're following this 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 trail. Following this trail, yeah, yes, I couldn't I couldn't really come up with a good a good kind of mental a, a good shorthand for you know, how weird it would it would be. But sort of in in D and D terms, it would be. And it'd be kind of like finding that Warren Buffett is working at your local Starbucks. It's kind of this doesn't make a lot of sense. And so, yeah, tried to come up with a pitch based on that one. And this, it turns out, you could drop into quite a lot of games and game set game settings. You really just need something where people are a bit investigative and are, are sort of looking. You need something that is running over a number of sessions, I think, to get the full effect. You, you could drop it into practically anything. Uh, for the example I'm giving, I'll, I'll go with something that's sort of police or police adjacent because it works It works really well thematically, though it doesn't have quite the impact of the, the 20th level fighter running a tavern D&D thing. So you've got... And, and, Again, to to sort of make the 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 idea work uh, better, I'll go with something like Dresden Files. So you've got a bunch of characters who are police or police adjacent. They are probably the ones who look into the weird cases, and they're kind of known to be the ones who look into and have an interest in the weird cases. You could potentially go X Filesy on this; wouldn't really matter. And near the precinct, there is this twenty-four hour donut place good coffee fresh donuts it's a comfy spot to hang out you know it's 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 a bit of a mist because they're quite cheap it's a bit of a mystery as to how the hell they stay in business but they uh they do you know it's not it's not a hundred percent yeah it's not sort of accorded neutral ground or anything like that but the cops like it so there's always a bit of a um a sort of inbuilt security presence the local sort of street level type people like it as well, nobody bothers you there. Nobody causes trouble, and um, it is kind of, kind of the place where somebody could have a quiet word with a police officer, or a police officer could have a quiet word with somebody who they really shouldn't be talking to, and nobody's going to make a big deal of it. Um, and hmm. it's you know it's this place that sort of started up a few years back, and. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's sort of just been quietly bumbling along as a location. And your crew, they've, they've picked up a case. I'm sort of thinking of sort of the player crew as in the, you know, these are the, the police or police adjacent people who are willing to consider that, okay, maybe the murderer is actually a supernatural creature. It's not just some guy pretending to be a werewolf. This This kind of thing. They're investigating a case. It's a weird one. It has some parallels to a very old case that sort of, there's not a lot of records of this thing. A lot of the records seem to be, have been lost. The evidence has been misplaced. There's, there's pages missing from the files. And you know, nobody, nobody 100% knows what the hell happened in, in Copland or magical sort of Dresden Paranet land. They just remember that the, the killings or the events stopped and and the cops working on it kind of moved away or retired and and the magical folks again just kind of kind of drifted away and after a bit of digging you can find out who they were and it turns out they're the ones running the donut shop across the road from the police station which raises the question of why you know, they've they've clearly come back well they they've, they've come back to to finish unfinished business so they presumably knew that they dealt with the immediate problem, but they hadn't defeated it. It will eventually come back. If you were doing the Dungeons & Dragons version of it, presumably this is something they ran into in their very low levels, and they were able to push the thing back, but they weren't powerful enough to destroy it. And so they've come back to finish the job. And so for their own sort of survival and sanity, they, they had to leave the area. But they've come back, they've set up, in a location where they know they're going to hear about it when it happens, and they've just been waiting. And so, yeah, presumably their plan is to finish the job or to help you to finish the job. Or is it? I mean, 
clearly they're going to help you defeat the, the supernatural menace. They couldn't be doing something like planning to hijack its power as a way of cheating death or waiting for the opportunity to, to take a run at the dragon's horde that they couldn't get access to last time, right? Hmm. Okay. Um, I, I might sort of like add the nuance to the, the, um, that the, the, the protectors may not be police officers. That, that might not appeal, might be, not be as resonant for, for many people, but that the idea that there is like a, a previous generation of guardians who have a, apparently disbanded, but no, there's actually at least one of them still present, apparently biding their time for the next time, I think is actually a really interesting idea. Uh, you know, and I've, I've run or run and play plenty of games where it's like, oh, you know, the, the, the oncoming evil must be stopped. Find the parts of the ritual to figure it out. And it's like, wait a minute, we know about this. There's chances are it's happened before. Who dealt with this last time? And are they still around? Which leads quite nicely to the idea that, no, there aren't just like, you know, places to go to pick up the, the, the various jigsaw puzzle parts of the ritual and slot them together. It was like, this information was hardly written down. It wasn't, certainly wasn't like accessible. But it is held by the folks that encountered it last time. And they are not entirely on it it didn't go perfectly and maybe some things were said maybe some people were eaten <laughs> the idea that you know yes what we have to do is get the band back together but the band had a really messy breakup and we have to either mm. convince them individually or get them to work together or figure out what the the trauma or the bad feelings were that meant that they didn't didn't quite go as well as it could have last time, and maybe learn something for the next for the next generation, to to and the next attempt to uh, push back the, the gathering dark. So yeah, I, I do like that as a a general improvement of the oh no, the ritual must be stopped kind of thing. It's like not only do you have to figure out what to stop, what to do to stop it, but also get this this bunch back together, or at very least figure out what broke them up mm. why they fail or, or maybe they didn't succeed as well as they may have or maybe there was some fallout maybe they succeeded absolutely as well as anyone could have but the costs were high and you turn up and say oh can we have your um, nifty dagger and silver chalice we'll bring them right back we promise they might look upon that askance and assume you were up to no good so yeah that makes it as uh, the added complexities that these folks have had background with this plus the fact that it's like it's like not just things the these texts are just like sitting around in libraries waiting for you to um research do your sort of research roles and, and hunt them up i actually find that that sounds like a really intriguing way to run something like that yeah and the the cop thing yeah like i said the yeah the cop thing works really well thematically just because you can it's Quite, quite, yeah, even aside from the donuts, just on the grounds of if you, you know, if you know that the, um, you know, the supernatural menace is going to emerge from the tomb that you, the tomb buried somewhere under the city that you managed to force it back to, but were never able to find, and you know it's in this district, you know what's going to happen. The police thing works really, really well, but as you say, there are other um, sort of other issues associated with it, and people may not actually want to play that game. It also does lead you, if you decide to go with the the approach of, well, a lot has changed for these people over the years. They're now sort of hmm. fifty years on in the tooth, and the idea of you know killing the monster. I mean, yeah, killing the monster, taking its power, and living forever. That's a lot more appealing now. Well, they've certainly had some time to, to think it over, and maybe maybe one of them has, has aged more gracefully than the others, and maybe they're not all entirely sure why it didn't go quite as well as they'd hoped the first time. Mm. So maybe there is some, some bad feeling around that. Yes, that's the, the idea that, yes, one of, them, one of them may be suspected by the others, or genuinely not entirely um, 
upfront with what they're trying to do adds that extra complications not just that they have to find the dusty parchment mm. so yeah no like i say that that makes that an extra level of um an extra level of intrigue and social interactions for that kind of game plus if they all hate each other you don't have to play two npcs at once so that's a that's a bonus for the gene i know it'd be particularly hilarious if you if you want to lead into that but you have have multiple of them yeah, just just the idea of a a twenty four hour donut place that's running a standard three shift system where the shift managers hate each other and refuse to talk to each other and nobody knows why and they're all co owners. It's like these three people hate each other and they co own a fucking donut shop. Why? What's what's going on there? Why would they do that? Yeah. So that, that was my idea for that one. And yeah, you could drop it into a lot of. Yeah, I can see ways of of yeah dro- dropping it into sort of a modern a modern game with a police thing is probably the easiest option because it it works fairly well. But pretty much anything with some sort of menace lurking in the background, I couldn't a hundred percent come up with a mundane approach to it because for it to work, you kind of need these you know the the, the old guard to know roughly when the event was going to occur to within a few years uh i can think of one situation but we are kind of leaping back to the same sort of stuff i was who was troubling before it could be that there there is literally someone scheduled to to get out of prison or they're they're sort of like a some sort of expulsion from the country lapses at a certain point uh, maybe even they, they, maybe it's a statute of limitations thing so that they realize, okay, we don't have the information to deal with this right now, but we know that after you know the, the statute of limitations expired, the plan was to get back and divide the loot from the heist or um, do these sorts of things. But we you know we're sure we're sure something has gone off the rails since. So you could you could you don't actually have like have the the ancient slathering evil underneath the town hall or whatever, but it could be something like that so you could make if you could make there is going to be a level of mystery and menace involved so horror lends to it pretty naturally because this would be a story like obsession and and i find Mm -hmm. the idea that 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 like this this sort of failed venturing party co-owns a donut shop and works on different shifts and hates one another a little bit comical I mean that might have been your yeah. intent, but <laughs> I mean that was that was sort of turning turning the knob up to eleven. If you were going if you were going with the everybody hates each, hates each other uh, sort of turning the knob up to eleven. If you were going with um, this is a group of people who works who, who works together and they've got back together to finish the job, but they're still on okay terms. Then that's probably a better way of doing it. I can, I can understand like one of them might have been assigned to keep watch and is like right there and the others are doing slightly different things. The idea that they're all in one place seems a little you know, yeah, very that's, that's paranoid. <laughs> Unless they don't trust each Yeah, I mean, the I, I do like the idea of yeah, somebody's finally getting out of prison or yeah, will be, yeah, has gotten out of prison in blah other country and is being extradited back and they're the one who knows where the loot was um, stashed all those years. They're the only ones who can pick it up from the vault all those years ago. Yeah, there was, the, the, they, they dealt with the sort of like, we'll, we'll secrete the loot somewhere and, but this, we can't, get to it specifically because this person has the one thing of information and, and they're obviously not going to tell us while they're stuck in prison hmm. yeah okay well, that, that, like like say it could it could go into it a couple of different settings but clearly it works a bit better when there's like mystery and menace and sort of like that over that sort of this 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 thing has had been been quiescent for a long time and now it's come to it's now it's coming to light if i if i wasn't going to do the 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 dresden files um approach i'd almost be tempted to to take this in a shadow run direction just for the the sort of the the incongruity of the thing you could have a lot of fun with that you've got sort of street street level shadow runny stuff high-end shadow runny stuff 
what the hell are these people up to? It gives you the option of having the supernatural things lurking in the background. I'm not 100% sure it would work, but it would be very entertaining to work on. I think in Shadowrun you'd be, because of the timeline that you're dealing with, you might have, there might be some interesting things. Without taking straight down the cosmic horror route, you might be dealing with folks who were like a previous generation of of runners. So that Mm. they're... They're very, they were very good in their day, but now they're dealing with stuff that's quite different. And maybe that would be a reason why they need some youngsters. But yeah, it would, it would definitely put a different complexion on it. Mm, all right. So yes, there was that one. And appropriately enough, John also has an idea. Submitted long after the uh, original prompt was suggested, so I'm sure it's been, been bubbling away. When will this end? They take it, they put it back, they take it again. My home is turning into a warehouse. First off, the rule system. Any of the many Woozia-based RPGs that are out there. The setting. Oh yes, we're back. The grocery aisles. This time, the international cuisine section. Or the far east, or far west, depending on your geographical location, section of the aisles. The style. Well, of course, the inspirational Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon, but also Kung Fu Hustle, the vast over of Kung Fu movies made in the last 60 years, and, of course, every single Jackie Chan movie ever made, including the Hollywood ones. And I've got to say Stephen Chow as well, as well if you, you want to put in uh, comedy elements, but yes, absolutely. Yep. The background. The Far East grocery aisles have been around forever, it seems. The last great incursion was the immigration of the peppers from the New World Isles, but they were quickly assimilated, and now you can't even tell that they weren't native to these islands. Do you recall this being a thing previously, and what episode it might have been in? Because I only have a dim recollection. Do recall, I, I do recall, recall the Grocery Isles, uh, or the, the, the Grocery Verse before, yes, I'll have to go back and find out which episode it was, but um, this, this has come up before. I think with the bagel episodes. In fact, it was Possibly. almost certainly the bagel. You, you, you go ahead and continue reading. I'll see if I can, I can figure out which one it was, but I'm pretty sure it was the bagel episode. But now, the forces of, from the European Isles are encroaching on the sovereignty of the Far East Isles. Baguettes, cannolis, schnitzels, pommes frites, and the hated bangers and mash are now showing up in force as taking their claims on the peaceful, mostly, somewhat, Far East Grocery Isles. For the most part, they have stayed in their enclaves, but there are rumours af- afoot that Bangers of Match are moving on the island city of Guluro. Should I, I thought I might get a translation for that, because I am hard stuck guessing. I'm going to do it. It was not the uh, bakery, the, the, the bagel one. It could have been from me to you a free gift of soul dust with sentient food items mount a daring rescue mission. Here we go. Produce noir. Case of the accidental battered sausage. Yeah, I am not seeing anything that will give me an audio clue on how to pronounce those. I do know at least that means sweet and sour pork. Okay, I'll try and cap again. I'm moving in from the island city of Gulero. Um, I'm pronouncing it with a French accent because I cannot find a better indication. Sorry. <laughs> But I just said Pomfrey, so um, that is my excuse. And also, New Zealand is a land of many misfortunes. They intend to make it part of their greater Anglican cuisine empire, and it's up to the players to thwart their plans. Keeping it to a pastry theme, it's a, the East a- Asian pastries, that group of Tang Bing, that will have to stand their ground against the West- Western flavoured invasion. So the players will get to roles of various Chinese-themed pastry people, of which John gives a list, which I will refuse to mutilate on the grounds of uh, international peace and prosperity. And, but they will, you know, they will run the um, the gamut from meaty to sweet. So there's something there for everybody. He has attached a list, a exhaustive list of uh, bakery products as well, which we will put in the show notes. Any of the aforementioned movies will make a good start on a plot for an adventure. Finding the green bean or destiny, keeping the jelly-filled donuts from muscling in on the steam bun's territory, or just being lowly, a lowly mung bean bun trying to, uh, your best to stay afloat in uh, tr- these trying times. 
And um, Tez also chipped in with um, yeah, commenting that the exact same pitch, but suggested a su- suggested a game by uh, Ewan Clooney called Mascot Tan, which is a um, a weird little RPG. Well, quoting from the drive-through RPG page here, a weird little RPG where the players take on the role of cute girls who are also anthropomorphic personifications of things and have cute, weird little adventures. They can be mascots of games, countries, foods, food companies, or just about anything else you can think of. Ben, I seem to remember you mentioning an anime with battleships. That isn't quite the crossover. I mean, that, well, yes. Uh, Kankoli was a very, uh, or Kantai collection? Yeah, it's a really, refuses to explain itself on any level. Yeah. The young ladies are either the, the personalities or the people cosplaying as various sorts of battleships and yeah, they kind of themed costumes like the the, the uh, aircraft carriers all have sort of like a, a half shield which is like the airplane deck but they all carry they all carry bows which turn into flights of uh, strike aircraft and they're fending off some bunch of equally more um, kaiju themed lunacy as I recall. Uh, yes, and they're all they're sort of themed after the uh, after specific historical Japanese naval vessels, and it's all that you can't. I can't even understand what the scale is. Whether they are supposed to be the size of ships or the size of waifus, it's just weird. Um, though I I do definitely recall that also there's there's like a um, the OS Tan community make little mascots for every single like Windows. Apple and you know, Linux OS, and they all have their little, little cute character mascots as well. So it's it's definitely a thing. I that, that's I'm gonna not not gonna lie. That's gonna take me a moment to, to get around operating system release mascots. Okay, it's all major like promotional release. Like there'll be a you know a Windows ninety five and a ninety eight and so forth. But yeah, it's uh it's a it's sort of anthropomorphization taken to a very particular pitch. See, I'm now wondering why the UK data loader version 6 didn't get a mascot. We worked really hard on that. (laughs) I'm not sure what the mascot would be. Some terrifying psychotic Yandere character? Yandere? Sorry, that's another... I will link you a PSA about um, the various uh, personality types for anime... Uh, characters that it's it's I think the only thing. ones I know are Moe and Sundare and I don't know what either of them mean other than one of them might involve a beholder there was a t-shirt yes they're not quite equivalent but you, that is a that is a whole cultural conversation that we do not have time to go in right now <laughs> fair enough okay yes this is not going to turn into the Ben explains anime to Craig cast because it could it could you know that would be uh that would be a trip. Yeah, <laughs> but is the audience really ready for my level of ignorance of the subject? <laughs> really, I don't. I don't know. But it would be. Uh... <laughs> it's it's easy to understand, is it though? Um, anyway, so uh, yes. So um, the I am pretty confident that the grocery verse cropped up in uh, the in episode. 145, the case of the accidental battered sausage, because there is a reference to produce noir in the grimy spray-misted aisles of the big shopping cart, lit by flickering fluorescence. Sentient food items investigate a murder. Right. That would be where... Uh, yep, yeah, okay. That's all rushing... No, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's been a long yeah, I mean, time. There's, there's also one from from me to you, a free gift of soul dust involving sentient food items mounting a daring rescue mission for a comrade who's due to be cooked before their time, but I'm less sure on that one. Mmm. Mmm. There you go. Some, some, some deep lore. Yeah. Also, um, I just... From the perspective of... From the perspective of somebody who is... Living in England and is from a country that was colonized? Yes, absolutely. Take, acquired by, <laughs> by England. The, just the, the expansion of the greater Anglican cuisine empire 
is just hilarious to me. It is. It perhaps shouldn't be. Um, and suggests that possibly people are still bitter about that whole imperial expansion thing. With good reason. It, it, there's a refreshing level of honesty. Let's, let's go with that. Yeah. It's, uh... yeah. <laughs> so, yes. And also, the hated bangers and mash. I mean, fair if you've only had really bad bangers and mash. <laughs> you get a little bit of garlic involved in that. Whole different story, but let's let's not open up a war on that particular front. So, mm. I would be constantly having to fight the urge to throw in gunboat um, diplomacy here to just relentlessly and awfully parody uh, various bits of imperial expansion. That that would be my my biggest temptation and my biggest challenge for running this game would just be how do I blatantly rip off. British colonial history. Your problem would be making it tasteless. A problem shared by the English. <sighs> hey, come on. Shots fired, There's... I know, I know. <laughs> I, I can think of plenty of, of really tasty British food. Tikka masala, the kebab. <laughs> Various other things that pinched. Indeed, indeed. And I've got no room to throw stones, considering that while still at school, I made a fusion of the gritty science, well, gritty, campy science fiction, um, bounty hunter story, Strontium Dog, with the bizarre stop motion vegetable themed The Munch Bunch. And I should have stopped at several points. No, you shouldn't. You should have kept going. But by the time I had saving throws versus digestion, I think <laughs> I crossed a line. <laughs> An awesome line. <laughs> yes, but the idea of these like gritty post-apocalypse warriors that are you know genetically engineered vegetables. Um, that yeah. I, I mean, look, two thousand AD, the comic got pretty weird at points. This is not a hundred percent outside their wheelhouse. No, it isn't. It isn't. It is. But it, 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 thinking back, I very, very directly draw the... Uh, we're playing a lot of, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and other strangeness at the time. So that's fairly easy to locate my inspirations. I hopefully have destroyed every shred of evidence that, of its actual existence. But It's, yeah. it's a shame. I mean, you, you could have crossed it over with... Um, I, that, that would fit nicely with Gamma World, to my limited understanding of Gamma World. As nicely as anything would have, sure. And it could have been worse. You could have started with Veggie Tales. Well, that's the thing. It would have wound up being a, like a, 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 a an unholy fusion of Veggie Tales and one of those terrible nineties um, post apocalypse VHS things like Cherry uh, Three Thousand or. Um... I never saw that. Was it any good? I mean, you yeah, called it terrible, it like, so I'm assuming not. Like a couple of lines were kind of kind of funny but no mostly it was just dumb and sleazy that was basically mad max where somebody is on a quest to find replacement parts for their sex bot yes yes right okay yeah wow yeah and that's that's making the rollerblade warriors film sound good and they were (laughs) (laughs) yeah something like the was it metal storm the 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 something of jared sin or something like that Another one I never saw but wanted to because it was like 3D and so it had stuff coming directly at the screen because it was all they knew how to do. Well, that's how you knew it was 3D. (laughs) Fair, fair. Okay, so the first thing that we would need to do to run this game is to find out how to pronounce these various pastries. And in a related note... And then we should... Find and eat the various pastries. Sorry. No, that was exactly my point. That was... (laughs) I think it's... I haven't had breakfast yet. I, I'm obsessed by this concept. Um, on, on the one hand, the whole sort of the... It, it's kind of an odd thing. It's kind of the, yeah, the idea of a, a pastry with meat in it just sounds... That sounds awful. But that's because I know I'm just like imagining a jam donut with meat in it. Which is not what it is. It's closer to a Cornish pasty. But it's just kind of a... Mm. Something, something in my brain just isn't... Yeah. Or a samosa. Anyway. Yes. So... But, Clearly, yeah, the, the, the prerequisites of finding, locating, consuming the, the articles in question to get inspired to play the game might be more of an obstacle because of the becoming sleepy and, um, and 
wanting to lie down afterwards might be more of an obstacle than you know we, we consider food coma thing. Yes. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, this I like the fact that it's in a grocery store. Just I'm finding a lot of scenes are writing themselves. You know, the idea of a shopping cart or ideally one of those produce carts. You know, the the the, the thing that isn't quite a pallet mover but is vastly bigger than any sane person would use to move, move like do, do shopping. One of those, but done up as like one of the the, the ocean-going exploration vessels of Xinghei, uh, that kind of thing. Yes, yeah, I'm practically certain I pronounced that name wrong. Yeah, massive sails moving slowly down the aisle and sort of coming in the other direction is like a, a, shop, a, a square-rigged shopping cart from the, the Anglican cuisine empire. An ironclad or something. Yeah. Oh, nice! Yeah, clouds of gre- sort of greasy, burning, cheap cooking oil that they're using to power the engines. Kind of uh, kind of deal. I've got to assume that everything resets at, at when, when the sun comes up and um, and like people actually come into the supermarket. That's that or the the the, the people doing the the restocking was to have a shit of a job. So yes, don't want to make don't that don't make that any harder than it needs to be. <laughs> yeah, just imagining this happening. Then we just cut to a scene with the various terrified night staff kind of peering out from the manager's office by sort of raising one little bit of the blinds. Like it's still happening out there, man. It's still happening. We'll just take another hit. It goes away eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we ran out of cookies. I'm not going out there! <laughs> they swore at me last time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a bunch of oatmeal cookies. They threw things at me. Yeah, that's just rude. And also against the laws of nature, but also rude. <laughs> Pelted me with raisins. I guess I was always imagining it was more of a, a more of a, a setting as well, but the fact of having it inside a less magical realism-driven location makes it um certainly amplifies the ridiculousness okay mm. i guess it depends on yeah how allegorical you want to go with it or how how ridiculously allegorical you want to go with it indeed well i aside from you know making us desperately desperately hungry i don't know if yeah. we've got any sort of contributions beyond that i i do wonder there's a a supermarket that's just opened in in Aylesbury, which has a Starbucks attached to it as as part of as part of the building. It's very exciting. It's the first Starbucks in Aylesbury. Wow! Welcome to the twenty yeah. first uh, century. Yep. Uh, I mean, we've we've got a cafe Nero. We've got a Greeks, so we're, we're doing all right here. Multiple Greeks. I'm not sure how to pluralize that. But no, I'm just I'm just wondering in this context. You know, you've got the you've got the Anglican um, culinary empire. You've got the far far east grocery aisles, and then just off to the corner, you've got this weird corporate hellhole dystopia of the Starbucks land. I guess that's your Shadowrun crossover. Ooh, yeah, that works disturbingly yeah. well. Also, they can just constantly argue about unionizing because we're topical, audience. <laughs> for a very limited uh, value of topical indeed indeed yes i think i think that's possibly the limit of our contribution or it should be the limit we of should our stop now or in fact slightly before now we should have stopped yeah, already yeah, yeah. yeah okay that makes sense oh thank you for that john um i'm not sure whether we did your idea justice i'm not 100 percent sure what we did to your idea but we did something and and that's mm. a win somehow and i i really do like the idea of the, the grocery store sort of sailing the aisles of the grocery store in a way that makes absolutely no logical sense that just appeals to me for no good reason so i guess we have at uh, this juncture the solemn duty of announcing the winner of the uh, poll for 174 and drum roll i can drum on the table if it would help no it wouldn't okay fair enough <laughs> Craig, what is that? The winner for episode 174 with a, a, a thundering 5-1 margin uh, against the closest and indeed only other realistic contender is Courtly Submarine Warfare, which comes to us from the fertile mind of our very own Ben. 
Yes, I cannot recall what that was in reference to, but I'm sure we will have fun with that one. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I mean, I'm sort of imagining submarines doing some sort of court dance, the sort of the, the courtly regency ball dance thing. So probably my brain's still stuck on that whole mascot tan thing. Hmm. Yeah, just people dressed as submarines dancing around. That's weird. It sort of look like tadpoles. Anyway. And so look forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> to the extent the law allows. Um, and we, I guess, also need to announce the contestants, candidates, possibilities for episode 175, the final episode of first edition Big Red Couch. First up, from Terry, we have Gangsters of Dreams. Reigning champion... John Rear returns with Goose Doosa. This is one of my ones, taken from a song lyric of uh, When the Half-Life Starts to Rise. And another from Terry, Trees of My Imagination. There you go. The poll will be up by the time you hear this, primarily because it's up at the time that I'm stating this. So assuming nothing's gone horribly wrong, the poll will be up. And you can vote as many times as your heart and internet connection allow. Indeed. And very close to the time where the episode will be released, on the 1st of May, will be the Sunday, will be the start of the hashtag NZRPG New Zealand RPG Week. And there is a site which we will link to and activities and stuff going on. So if you are local or just up gosh darn late at night, check it out because there are streams and games and things to do in the world of the Aotearoa rpg scene and we are we're not specifically doing it at the moment but we'll be i'll certainly be checking out some of the activities and seeing what we can help out with we have in fact been added to the the kiwi rpg hashtag for the ship before streams and podcasts and yes we might represent uh, some of the more um venerable of uh, examples there he means old uh, yes they're very much very much of the old Yes, because I, I recall looking for other RPG podcasts over the years and finding not a jot. And over the last two years, the last two to three years, there are now fucktons. It's weird. What could have occurred in the last couple of years to make people spend... Oh, wait, never mind. It could have been 5th edition, but it probably the pandemic. <laughs> Turns out that's what the RPG industry needed the entire time. Probably not worth it. <laughs> a reason not to go outside and, and talk to people weird mm. yeah so look forward to that and yes look forward to courtly submarine warfare in episode 174 good night everybody see ya want to hear more of our shenanigans then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution, Non-Commercial, Sharealike, 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time.